When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So later today, the Federal Reserve is going to release their statement following their September FOMC meeting in which they basically announce their policy changes and then where they see things heading in the future. And I think Jerome Powell is going to be answering questions as well. You know, at this point, that the policy change is kind of a known quantity. I would be shocked if the Fed did not do what everybody is expecting them to do, and that is raise their Fed funds rate by a quarter percentage point. You know, other than that, I mean, I think that move is already kind of priced into the markets. Other than that, uh, mostly what will move the markets over the next 24 hours, over the next week, will be um, any other statements within the, the written or, or, you know, the digital copy of, of the Fed statement, as well as any questions that Powell answers. That's really what's going to move the markets. But in this video today, I don't want to focus so much on those day-to-day or week-to-week week moves in the markets in relation to this Fed meeting. Rather, I want to look big picture. Because, you know, at this point, the, the Federal Reserve, they are coming up on three years since they began this tightening cycle. That would be December of this year. It was December 2015 that Janet Yellen raised the Fed funds rate um, hiked it for the very first time since the since they lowered it during the Great Recession and, and the financial crisis. Okay, so coming up on three years now, and I think that this tightening cycle is already pretty close to coming to an end. That's going to be the kind of the big theme of this video, and I want to talk about how that plays into other markets, including precious metals, because I know you guys care a lot about that, and I'll be focusing a lot on that. But also, I want to talk about how it will affect other markets as well, because honestly, what the Fed does, what they have done, affects the economy as a whole to a great extent, as well as stock markets, bond markets, emerging markets, the dollar, real estate, on and on and on, commodities. It affects all these things a ton. And so um, I think it's important to keep that in mind that it's not just precious metals. It's not just the dollar. It's all of these things, what the Fed does or what they don't do. So some quick background. You know, I already started recording this video once. I actually stopped about eight minutes in because I'm like, you know, I'm rambling too much about this background and what's going on and everything. Basically, the Fed loosens policy during the Great Recession. They wait till 2015 to start tightening. In October of 2017, they begin to unwind their balance sheet at an ever-increasing pace. In fact, beginning in October of this year, it'll increase to its fastest pace yet, $50 billion a month in terms of how much they're going to let run off their balance sheet in from both bonds and mortgage-backed securities. Okay. Also, along the way, since December 2015, the Fed has raised interest rates from, at the time, I think, between 0 and 0.25% prior to December 2018. Uh, 2015, the the meeting, to where they're going to be at after this today, which I think will be between 2 and 2.25%. Somebody can correct me on that, right around in that ballpark. So that's, you know, 7, 8 rate hikes, something like that along the way. Um, That's kind of the background here. That's where we're at right now. Thus far, the markets, curiously, haven't reacted a whole lot to the Fed tightening. Actually, let me correct myself. The U.S. markets haven't reacted to this tightening. 
we, we had a bit of a fake out back in, in uh, let's say February, you know, early 2018, beginning in February, uh, end of January, we had this huge melt up in the stock markets and then a surge in volatility. Stocks crashed, they went into correction mode, but then they bounced back. And, and you know, today they're, they're pretty close to all time highs again. And initially back then I was thinking, you know, maybe that's kind of a side effect of, of their quantitative tightening and their tightening as a whole. But, you know, here they are today, um, you know, bouncing right back up again. Uh, the, the markets haven't really gone down as much as you'd expect. The dollar, you know, as a whole hasn't been rising like as much as you'd expect. Like it hasn't been a straight line up or anything like that or a linear line up. You know, it remains in, in the mid, I think it's around 94-ish right now, which is uh, much lower than, than its highs up around 100. Not all that long ago, um, but it's also higher than its lows in the high 80s. I think that was late last year. And so it's definitely um, kind of in, in between range right now. But precious metals during this tightening phase, I mean, they have kind of s suffered. I mean, they have. You, you look at the lows back in 2015, um, uh, uh, silver at least, I don't remember the exact number for gold, silver was below $14 an ounce. Um, now they bounce back, especially in 2016, silver's over 20 dollars an ounce. I think gold went over 13, 14. I don't know exactly what it was during the whole Brexit event and everything. But, you know, look at where they are today. You know, gold's around 1200. You know, silver's in the $14 range. So they they as a whole, I think they they have suffered, especially when you count for inflation. I mean, their 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 purchasing power has decreased during that time span. And I think that's somewhat expected. I mean, you have a stronger dollar, but I think that that's going to reverse relatively soon here. I mean, at this point, markets are pricing in a, or they're not pricing in, I shouldn't say that. They're expecting, they're anticipating this tightening cycle to continue for at least another 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. You know, the Fed will be hiking interest rates well into 2019, maybe 2020. They're going to be uh, allowing their, their balance sheet to run off this quantitative tightening until it's, you know, quote unquote, normalized, wherever that is. Um, I don't know what the number will be, maybe $1.5 trillion, somewhere in that range. Uh, they're they're going to allow this normalization to continue through that. Uh, that's what the markets, or at least a lot of participants, are expecting, which I think is crazy because, you know, we, we know that in the past, the Fed has allowed bubbles to form because they kept policy too loose for too long. And they've also popped those very same bubbles by allowing, or, or by, by, tightening policy too quickly, right? Not to say that I'm against this tightening in the first place. I guess in theory, I, I'm not a fan of the Fed in the first place, but I'd prefer a tighter policy than a looser policy. But the fact of the matter is they did keep it too loose for too long. And now this tightening, even though it's maybe less pronounced than, than the tightening leading up to the Great Recession, it's still going to pop these bubbles. You know, not too long ago, I was listening to this interview. It was on NPR. Okay. Yeah. I listened to NPR. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but it was a, uh, it, it was their market guy, uh, this guy by the name of Kai Rizdal. Okay. And he was interviewing Jerome Powell actually. Okay. And, and this, this Kai Rizdal, he's a bit of a, a cheerleader for the stock markets for, for the fed and everything. And kind of more of an establishment. Um, I don't know. He fit in well on a place like CNBC, maybe. Okay, he's interviewing Jerome Powell, and and, and Jerome Powell's, you know, he, he, talking about why why is he continuing on this hawkish pace of of raising interest rates and and allowing the balance sheet run off and et cetera. And and and, and Powell's basically like, well, we don't want bubbles to form. We don't want the economy to overheat and bubbles to form if we keep policy too accommodative for too long. So we need to uh, prevent those bubbles from forming by tightening policy. And I'm just listening to it like. 
Like, really? Like, are, are, are you being intentionally deceptive in the sense that you don't, you're, you're honestly telling me that you don't see bubbles in the U.S. economy right now. You don't see imbalances. I mean, look at the stock market. The stock market relative to, to things like price and, you know, a lot of metrics for the, the valuation of, of the stock, U.S. stock markets today are extremely high. That's a bubble. I mean, even real estate, it might not be in as pronounced of a bubble, although some markets might be as, as it was in, you know, 2006, 2007, but it's still gone up quite a bit. Okay. And, and never mind just asset bubbles, but think of what this type of policy has done. This loose policy has done to, uh, I guess, debt bubbles, right? The, the, the student loan bubble, credit card debt, auto loans, and of course, sovereign debt. It has a huge effect on that. And so for him to say that, well, we, we, we need to tighten because we don't want these bubbles to form. I'm just like, are, are you being intentionally deceptive or are you just naive? And, and I tend to think that it's intentionally deceptive because I, I, think, I think Powell and I think a lot of central bankers are misguided, but they're not stupid necessarily all the time. They, they know these imbalances exist. Either A, they, they know that they're eventually going to pop or B, they're, they're so, um, I guess infatuated with themselves and, and, and the Fed and, and their monetary policy that they honestly believe that what they're doing won't pop these bubbles. Okay. So these bubbles exist right now. And, and, and thus far, we're not really seeing them deflate a whole lot. Although there are some signs that say that, that would signal maybe that the, the real estate market is beginning to deflate. Okay. But we're not seeing a vast amount of of uh, people defaulting on debt yet in the United States. We're not seeing stocks crash or anything like that. But we are seeing effects of this tightening policy overseas. We're seeing it in emerging markets. And and I've covered that in past videos, but, but continued tightening will put a continued squeeze on emerging markets, their currencies, their economies, et cetera. Okay. And that might actually cause the dollar to rise even more. I mean, a, the, a big part of it is, is a dollar shortage or an expensive dollar overseas. And so, uh, a stronger dollar is going to hurt emerging markets. The Fed tightening, and especially quantitative tightening, is going to hurt emerging markets. And eventually, I think that's going to spill over into the United States. It's going to spill over into developed economies like Europe, like Canada, Australia, United States, Japan, South Korea, you know, some of those big ones out there. It's going to spill over eventually because we cannot be like the one beacon of economic growth. Like we're not in, we're not in the 1950s right here. Right, post World War II, where 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 Europe or 1940s even, where Europe is still recovering, Russia is recovering, China, Japan, they're all recovering, and, and to some extent, um, kind of un, under the uh, under the control or under under the um, thumb of, of the United States or or the UK or the Soviet Union. No, we're not. We we cannot be the single beacon of growth. Our economy is just not that strong. The demographics, the amount of debt we have, we're just not a different. We're in a different position today. And so when emerging markets continue to fall, it's going to spill over into the United States inevitably. And so I'll tell you how I see this playing out, okay? Because I've been talking a little bit in general terms here, but I do want to talk about how this plays out, including how it relates to precious metals. Precious metals have suffered in this tightening cycle. Not to say that it's only the tightening that has, that has caused them to suffer. There's been manipulation. There's been... Yeah, well, imbalances in 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 the in the precious metals markets. There's been other things at play here too. Okay, let's let's be honest about that. Okay, but how I see this playing out, we're in September of 2018 right now. Okay, I've made a prediction for a long time now that the Fed will stop their tightening cycle by the end of this year. 
or they're going to somehow modify it, that they're quantitative tightening, they're going to decide, well, maybe we should ramp this back a bit. Instead of $50 billion a month, maybe we'll just do $25 billion a month for a little bit to, to maybe support the markets a little bit, okay? Well, I've been saying that for a while now. I've been saying that since June, July. I don't know when I started, okay? We're in September now. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. And and to be, to be quite honest, they'll probably raise interest rates today, almost for sure. There's a good chance that in December they'll raise interest rates as well, and unless some major event happens between now and then, which, okay, great, my my thesis is correct that this tightening is affecting the economy, the stock markets, and it's affecting to, enough to cause the Fed to to back off on their policy. Okay, but let's say the Fed does raise interest rates in December. You know how I see it playing out. Then, if if they do go through with that, that very well could be their last interest rate hike before they inevitably stall out their policy and reverse it. I mean, that's... Uh, so So the, what I'm saying is, I guess, you know, we won't know if I'm correct or not until the Fed actually reverses policy following December. If they raise interest rates in, in what, you know, February or, or April or whenever their next meeting is, or next two meetings after their December meeting, um, then okay, I'll be wrong. They, they kept tightening into 2019. But until they do that... I think there's still a good chance that they could be at the end of the rope in terms of this tightening cycle. Okay, now, now for them to reverse, we, we need a catalyst. This com, can come from emerging markets. It can be a, it can be a, a, a contagion type event. Okay, it can come from in, within the United States. I mean, like I said, housing market looks like it could be rolling over. This tightening could have a major, it will inevitably have a major effect on things like uh, the debt bubbles here in the United States, the real estate bubble, uh, as I mentioned, and of course the, the stock market bubble, right? The stock market is very high right now. It's having a lot of, of positive momentum and who knows, it could have a decent amount of momentum through the end of this year to the point where it's overvalued. It could have a downward correction and that downward correction could be exacerbated by this Fed tightening and, and all of a sudden it turns into a market crash. Something enough to the point where the Fed realizes we are we are not helping the situation here. We need to reverse our policy. We need to lower interest rates, stop quantitative tightening, and actually begin quantitative easing again. I don't know how it's all going to play out. I think ultimately it's going to be a crisis, though. A crisis is going to be something that happens slowly. It's going to be, you know, some people say a Friday to Monday event. Something's going to happen over the weekends, and all of a sudden Mondays, markets don't open, banks don't open, something like that. Maybe that's a little extreme, but certainly even just a week, I think it's going to be something that happens quickly. The Fed will reverse policy quickly. How does this relate to precious metals? Well, between now and then, we could continue to see subdued prices. We could move up. We could move down. I've talked about potential for uh, it dropping below $14 an ounce, silver, gold below $11.60, $11.50, you know? It, it could rise some, but it'd still be subdued, right? Silver could go into this $15 range. It could hit $16 between now and then. Gold could move up to, you know, $1,250, $1,300. Sure. Still prices I would consider uh, subdued. But once you have this catalyst take place, again, you could have some volatility in the precious metals markets, but once the Fed starts to loosen their policy, once they ease, once they begin quantitative easing, lower interest rates, it's moving back up again silver and gold because the dollar's going to be tanking. The economy's going to be tanking. You're going to see an increased demand, I think, for precious metals worldwide. And you're going to see a weakening dollar with with a lot of inflation. You're, you're going to have, I think, still a lot of inflation even through this crash. You might have some periods of deflation, but the Fed is going to try and correct that deflation with way too much inflation 
through their policy and it's going to cause a dollar to sink. It's going to cause precious metals to go up. And that's kind of the big catalyst I've been talking about for a while now, at least in dollar terms. You know, there's potential for other black swans. Absolutely. But I think the big one we have to keep an eye on is Fed policy and when will they reverse. I think that's going to signal a move up. Now, this move up could begin before that. It could begin when people start to expect the Fed to reverse. But I think it's coming. I mean, the big takeaway from this video is that no matter what the Fed does, they're already popping this bubble. They could stop right now, right, with their tightening. It's still, I think, going to pop, okay? The big takeaway is that Right now, a lot of people, establishment people for the most part, are expecting the Fed to continue tightening through 2019 and into into 2020. And what I'm saying here is what I've been saying for a long time now is that there's a good chance they're going to be wrong, that they're underestimating just, they're overestimating the economy, how much the economy can handle in terms of tightening, how much emerging markets can handle. They're, they're, They're underestimating the spillover effect from emerging markets into developed economies. And this is going to cause the economy to, it's going to cause a crisis. It's going to cause some sort of a crisis, a financial crisis, a crash in the markets, et cetera. And that's going to necessitate a reversal of policy from the Fed. I'm talking in tons of quantitative easing, 0% interest rate policy or around 0%. It could be negative even helicopter money, um, lots of spending from the U.S. government, etc. And this is going to be nothing but bullish for precious metals. And that can be off in the timing. I mean, if I'm off, if this goes through 2020, okay, they keep tightening through 2020, then so be it. Those of us that are stacking precious metals, we have more time to stack. I'm not saying to to go out and, and act on this in the sense that um, go crazy, take out a ton of debt because it's going to be hyperinflated away and buy precious metals. No. I mean, first of all, none of this should be taken as financial advice. You, you should make these decision, decisions for yourself. No. Make responsible decisions because I could be wrong here. But I don't think so. I, I, I think that there's a lot of signs already, even in emerging markets, that that the tolerance for Fed tightening is wearing thin. The patience is wearing thin. And eventually, they're going to react violently in the U.S. markets and, and the Fed will reverse. And, and that's going to be the big day for precious metals. It's going to be a bad day, I think, for the dollar. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where bonds go through, through quantitative easing, lower interest rates. Um, but, but I mean, for those of us that are in precious metals, uh, you got time, I'm sure. Maybe not. I mean, who knows? Maybe the black swan's going to happen tomorrow or, or, or who knows when it's going to happen. But um, purely looking at this, um, I, I certainly think that it's gonna it's 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 gonna happen a lot sooner than when, what many people are expecting. So, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. Um, as always, if you're looking to support my channel, you can comment. That helps a ton. I already mentioned that. Subscribe to this channel, like this video, as well as there's a link in the, below in the description to my Patreon page. If you want to go to that, um, you get some pretty cool perks for for you know signing up to support me on a monthly basis for as little as a dollar a month. Um, I'm already up to 16, 17 patrons over there. Um, and, and I think, I don't know, you could ask them, but, but I think a lot of them enjoy, uh, not only, you know, uh, interacting with me over there, but, but also asking questions, Hey, can you make a video on this or this or this or, or, um, 
you know, what are your feelings on this? What are your thoughts on this? And, and, and I kind of give my best answers to that over there. Uh, not to say that I don't read comments here and reply to them. I do. But, you know, when, when I'm dealing with 100 plus comments in some videos or whatever, you know, it's, it's hard to reply to every single one. Um, so certainly check that out if, if you enjoy my content, you want to support me. But as always, I'm just happy to have you guys in the, here in the first place. The number one thing that you guys could do to support me you've already done and that's watch this video so thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and god bless